What's up, everybody? You're listening to episode 45 of Fearless Rebel Radio. In this episode, I'm chatting with Katie Daleboat from the Wellness Wonderland. And we're talking all about the things that she uses to change thoughts and beliefs, especially as it relates to changing your relationship with food and your body. Uh, So we're going to be talking about some things like journaling and spirituality and stuff that would normally make me want to run into the ocean and drown myself, but she makes it really fun and non-woo-woo. And so definitely check this out because I think that she's got a lot of really brilliant insights that you're going to want to listen to. Before we begin... I just want to remind you to head to summerinandin.com forward slash freebies, or you can just go to thebodyimagecoach.com and grab my free 10-day body confidence makeover, as well as my rule breakers guide to rock in your bod, plus a bunch of other things. And you'll also get my exclusive invite to my private Facebook community, which is free and just an amazing place to waste time. No, I'm kidding. It's a great place to get support as you go on your journey to loving your body and rejecting dieting. Um, I'm going to be having a free coaching call in there on Thursday for the members of that. So definitely check that out. That's Thursday, October 29th. Um, and the details will be in the private Facebook community. So you have to be in that community to get that. Um, so if you're listening to this and it's too late, I'll be doing another one. So just jump in and you'll get it there soon. I've got my book coming out towards the end of November. I'm going to be doing a ton of amazing freebies giveaways for that. So I can't wait. And that's it. Stay tuned for more details on that. Let's get started with this show. Rebel Radio, baby! I am your host, Summer Inanin, a certified nutritional practitioner, diet rebel, and food lover on a mission to help you feel hot damn fearless in your body. Fearless Rebel Radio is here to empower you to defy the standards and break the rules in order to radiate confidence, relish in your uniqueness, and live life fearlessly on your own terms. Every episode, I will help you to do this by sharing practical advice not-so-PG-rated rants and interviews with fearless rebel guests. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. I am really excited about my guest today. I am talking to Katie Dalebout. Katie is a speaker, life coach, author, and blogger who loves writing and speaking about holistic wellness, personal development, and spirituality on her blog, her weekly podcast, Wellness Wonderland Radio, and in her daily life. She works with women who believe happiness is dependent on their physical body, relationship status, or career, realize that it is actually within them, and that external trappings of success are merely a byproduct of their internal state. She helps women develop a positive relationship with food and their body image by embracing a spiritual connection of their understanding. You can get her free quick start guide at thewellnesswonderland.com, which we'll link to in the show notes and chat about later. Welcome to the show, Katie. That's me. Thank you for having me. I'm so psyched to be here. Yay. 
So let's start out by having you tell our listeners about your story and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so it's, you know, like probably most of the people you have on the show, it's it's a winding journey with many twists and turns. Um, but basically, I, like many women and probably many of the people listening to this show, had, you know, just your average dissatisfaction with myself, and that really manifested through dissatisfaction with my body. And it started from a really young age, um, probably really significantly in, um, you know, it, through elementary school, I was, I was always like, you know, one of the bigger kids, you know, I was, I probably, honestly, I was probably like normal and in the middle range. Like I was never, you know, the, the very tallest or the very smallest, but I was somewhere in the middle there, um, probably leaning towards the size of bigger, um, bigger than most of the boys, which is at that age is totally normal. And, and that just kind of continued and it planted a seed in my mind that like I was different and I needed to look a a different way. Um, and yeah, and then that just kind of like most people was just kind of in my back pocket, but I lived my life, you know, through, um, middle school and high school. And then when I hit college, um, like, again, many of us, I gained some weight my freshman year, and I was really, I was really unhappy. I was really unhappy with um, where I was in, in school and in life, and it was just like a really funky time, um, my first half of college, and I then um, ended up losing some weight after, after studying abroad and got really into wellness and health and, you know, veganism and all the gamut of things with that cleansing and and just really into the lifestyle. And it's alluring, right? Like it's this kind of this health craze that is growing now a lot faster than it even was then, which was like, you know, eight years ago or five to eight years ago now it's even more so but but at the time you know it was all really new and exciting and it was like this special club that i was excited to be a part of because at the time you know i didn't really think that i fit anywhere like i wasn't really loving you know drinking and binge drinking like a college student and going out and like i just didn't really feel like myself there i wanted I, it just wasn't me. And so I didn't really know where I fit. And then I found this world of like wellness and health and just really immersed myself in it because it was so fun, you know, and I was really welcomed in, into that like online community with, with open arms. And I had a blog at the time and I was really into yoga. And so I just immersed myself in that world and shared about it online and just really loved it. And, you know, one thing leads to the next and I was losing even more weight and I was really into it to the point where it was affecting my relationships and my school and my life. And I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. And I lost a significant amount of weight to the point where my professors and family and doctors were extremely worried. And I was in, I was in trouble. Like I was really uh, – the goofy thing about it is that – 
I was doing this all for, and I'm using quotes right now, health. Mm-hmm. But in reality, my body was deteriorating. My organs were shutting down because of my low weight. I was, my hair was falling out. I hadn't had a period for forever. And I was just in a really bad space physically. And um, yeah, and I was graduating from college and it was like this crazy time in my life. Um, so I ended up having to move home and really heal this eating disorder with going to therapy and to a dietitian and to um, coaches and doctors. And um, really, you know, it was a definitely an eating disorder. And the interesting thing about it is that I was able to frame it as I'm just trying to be healthy. And I framed it so much on the outside like that, that I was even able to convince myself. And the interesting thing is that, you know, in in like the 90s and the 80s, dieting was just as prevalent as it is now. But now we call it being healthy, right? Where back then, you know, dieting wasn't like really necessarily cool. It was just, um, they they called a spade a spade, right? Like they called it dieting. Um, And it was clear that that was for vanity, right? Whereas now we a lot of times are dieting, but people call it, oh, I'm just trying to be healthy. But necessarily, it's not necessarily healthy, first of all. And if you're doing it for weight loss, if you're doing it to manipulate the size and shape of your body, not just to feel really good, then it's dieting, whether you're doing that through green juice or you're doing that through, you know, low calorie, you know, low fat, whatever, whatever, 90s type of dieting. It doesn't really matter. It's still dieting. We just like kind of frame it now with like this morality that we attach to it. So anyways, we can get into that. That's a whole other issue. But that was really the way that I framed it. And then through that period of my life, through healing this eating disorder and not just physically by um, restoring my weight and and all of that, um, but that was quite a journey mentally as well. And so through that, I was led to coaches and healers and teachers, and I really found spirituality as the most important thing for me to really be able to heal this. And as as you know, Summer, and, and probably many of your listeners, it's a tricky thing to heal mentally. And I really had to let go and surrender and find a spiritual connection of my own understanding to get through this. And so I had many, and, and getting through this, right? It's a process. Like I'm never there. I'm never complete. Um, and yeah, but I'm a whole lot better than I was when I started. And so through that, I have a whole host of tools and tricks in my back pocket to help me when I'm having like a bad body image moment or I'm feeling really bad about something else. So then I go to my body to feel bad about because that's my like mental um, pattern, right? So now, you know, I journal or I listen to something inspiring or I know what movie to watch to make me feel better or um, what book to read or which friend to call. Like I have this like beautiful, eclectic tapestry of tools that I can turn to. And yeah, so um, that kind of brings me to the present. And I share those tools with my my friends, which is, you know, my listeners of my podcast and my blog. And, um, you know, if, if when people sign up for my email list, they actually get 
the Katie's favorite things, which is just that, all of the things that I lean on in all my crucial moments. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's fun to, to share what's helped me. And I look at myself now as just like a curator for all of the things that have helped me on my path. Yeah. And so what, uh, yeah, what's your relationship with yourself like now and your relationship with food? Well, it's, it's a process. I think, um, you know, I think embracing intuitive eating and, just doing everything from a place of love, I think is really crucial and really key. And it would be so easy for me to be like, I'm perfect all the time. Everything's amazing. And that's not necessarily the case. The case is that, you know, I still have moments of questioning things and moments of like, oh, those pants don't fit me anymore. Like, and have a brief moment of like, oh, this is what's happening with this. And then I coach myself through it. I'm like, oh, no, it's all right. Good. Good job. Everything's okay. You know, and really reframing the way that I'm thinking about it as a social issue, as a self-love issue. And I reframe it and I and I come out of it. But, um, you know, I can do it a lot quicker now. And that's the, that's the really big thing. And I do still love healthy foods and healthy living and all of it. However, my motivation for for it now is not weight loss like it was in the past. My motivation for it now is self-love and feeling good and enjoyment and pleasure, whereas before, my lifestyle was completely devoid of pleasure. It, I only really got the pleasure from that hit of dopamine from doing everything quote-unquote right and then judging myself if I didn't, and I don't do that anymore, and to me, that's a big win. Yeah, that's so that's huge and I can I can relate to all of the things that you're saying totally. And as you and I both know, like so much of it is just changing the way that you think and and you know the way that you speak to yourself. Um, you know, were there some old thinking patterns that that you had to let go of and shift in order to find that freedom? Like if you were to say these were the most important thinking patterns that I really had to change or, or yeah. uh, revisit and challenge in order to move forward? What would those be for you? Yeah, that's a great question for sure. So for me, the big one, and I think that to be honest, this is the big one for everyone. And that's that the, un- and this is kind of the underlying one under every other belief that you have to shift is that I wasn't good enough. And for me, that manifested as like, I wasn't pretty enough, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't cool enough, I wasn't whatever enough. So I was like, all right, I can't really, you know, change those facts. I didn't see my worth in any of those ways. So I was like, I'll find my worth through my body. I must not be cool enough because of my body. I must not be smart enough because of my body. I must not have the boyfriend I want because of my body. Like I just was like, oh, that's why. Like, (laughs) it's because of my body. And so I was like, all right, well, I can control that. So I'll do everything I can to control that. And that's a whole nother issue. I don't actually even believe that it's necessarily in our control. But at that time, it was like, so the thing that I was like, all right, I can control this. And so I did. And in my mind, I truly believed that like, when I became that size, everything would be great. And I would be cool enough. And I would have the confidence and I would have all of the things that I desired. And so I did it and I did it perfectly. And I'm a very disciplined person and I'm a very 
um, all or nothing person. So I went all in head first to all of it. And I, like I said, you know, I, I did lose the weight. I did have the body. Um, and the interesting thing is I want to tell you that like, oh, I got the body and nothing changed and everything was great. But, and then I realized, you know, I didn't need it, but that didn't really happen because I actually did get the body and things did go my way by having the body. And here's the interesting thing is that when that happened, I realized that it wasn't actually the body. It was the confidence that I got when I was in that thin body, that abnormally thin body for, for myself. And then I realized that like, oh, for my path, for my, you know, personal growth, I had to go down to that weight. Not everybody does. And hopefully by listening to this conversation, it can save you that step. I went down to that weight. I realized that like the superhero powers that I craved, I grabbed them while I was there, which was like confidence and acceptance and valuing myself. And then now that I'm not there anymore, those qualities that I desired remained of confidence and self-compassion and all of that. Like I brought it up to this way, which is where I'm meant to be now. So um, that was the interesting thing. And, and you know, the, the scary piece about all of that, and I apologize if this is sort of a tangent, but I think it's worth mentioning, is that when I was at that, that weight, there were, like I said, many people concerned, but there were also many, many people, you know, complimenting me and many women in sort of like a um, jealous way, like, what do you do? What do you eat? Like, how do I like get as thin as you? Your discipline's amazing, blah, 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 blah. And then this like thin privilege, which we have in our society, which is that, um, you know, which is a really sad reality of our culture right now. So it's just a fascinating thing. Um, and something that I've definitely noticed. And I think, you know, with the women that I coach and the women who have had similar situations that I have, you kind of have to go through this mourning period where you might miss or be nostalgic for that body that you were in unnaturally and isn't where you're meant to be. Um, and But you've been there, so you know what it's like and you know what it was like to have thin privilege there and to have those compliments. And so you start to become reliant on them like dopamine of like you get a little bit addicted. And I know that was the case for me that like I, I don't get the compliments of like that anymore. And that's a good thing. But there was a part of me at a time where I missed that and I was nostalgic for that. So I think it's about like being like, all right, do I want to be part of the problem or do I want to be part of the solution and making that choice and being proud of yourself and then finding your worth in other ways. So outside of your body. So going back to what I started this with, like, you know, I didn't think that I was good enough just for who I was. So I thought I would find that self-worth through my body. And I did, but like, that's not a sustainable thing. That's not a healthy thing. And that's not where I want to find my worth. And trust me, I'm a way cooler person now than I was when I was so obsessed about what I was eating and what I was doing and how much and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm way more chill now and I'm way cooler. And I want to find my worth through making my life as a whole really awesome, not just my body. So a way for me to get out of that thinking and to shift that belief is to really like rely on my creativity and my work and 
um, who I am in my relationships, like when I can focus on that stuff being really great, it takes the focus out of me controlling my body being really great. And, um, and it just all is a lot more fun. Yeah. So you're talking about, you know, our basically how, you know, like your external circumstances and self-worth were so intertwined, you know, like whether in your situation, it was really related to the food that you were eating and whatever the lifestyle, we'll call it, that you were following. And I think for a lot of people, it's related to things like food or money or appearance. And there's this feeling that they're not enough, you know, without those things. And we become reliant on these external measures to define us. But as you know, you and I both know that doesn't give you a feeling of of actual fulfillment, you know, like it's an artificial, like you said, the dopamine hit of, of fulfillment. And so what, you know, how do you coach women or how did you do this in yourself, but how did you cultivate a sense of worth or how do you help women to cultivate a sense of worth and fulfillment that's separate from those external things? Yeah, I think it's a process. I mean, I think it's something that I'm still constantly figuring out and it's something that everybody has to figure out for themselves that is very, very unique to their path. But I think one thing is creating really positive routines in your life for self-love and self-care and um, getting to know yourself. Like, I think a lot of times we tend to fixate on our bodies and then we do that for long enough that we kind of forget who we are on a soul level, like regardless of our body, like who are we, that same thing that we've been since we were a child, you know, like we've had actually a lot of bodies. Like we used to be the size of like a loaf of bread and then we were like, you know, the size of a yardstick and now we're, you know, however tall we are now, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's like, you know, really understanding that your body's constantly going to be changing. So you might as well love the like soul inside of it and get to know that soul because there's so much talk of like be yourself and be authentic and blah, blah, blah. And I think that that's great. But my clients and the people that I talk to a lot of times were like, I don't even know who I am without this. And that was the case for me. I really had to get to know myself. And the best way for me to do that was to figure out what I was thinking because here's how it works. So like our feelings, the, our emotions, right? So if we're feeling good or we're feeling bad or we're feeling sad or we're feeling angry, whatever, those emotions come from our thoughts. So whatever we're thinking informs our emotions, right? So you can't just change your emotions. You can't just be like, I'm sad. I'm going to be happy. Like it doesn't work that way. You have to change your thoughts. And I didn't know what I was thinking unless I was writing. So journaling became my tool to figure out what I was thinking and get to know myself. And so I was able to write down those like thoughts I was having on repeat. And for me, it was usually like, a bunch of stuff about my body, a bunch of stuff about relationships, a bunch of stuff about careers, fears, like negative stuff. And it's like, of course I was going to feel really bad about my life and myself if like that's what I was thinking on repeat, right? We have 60,000 thoughts a day, Mm -hmm. 60,000. And it's been said that I think about 50,000 of those are like the same shit over and over again. So 
the interesting thing there, and I also heard recently too that like that's really the case for women. Men tend to um, think different things, but women like really get stuck on something. And I like I'm sure everyone listening in summer you can relate to like you know, one thing happens in the morning and you're thinking about it like on repeat until another thing happens, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, we just like fixate on stuff. It's it's our nature and it's very common in women. And so that's why journaling can be really helpful because you can just kind of dump all of that out onto the page and see it clearly. And then you can decide, okay, does this thought actually serve me or am I just thinking this on repeat like a belief we were talking about beliefs you have about yourself beliefs are simply thoughts you think a bunch of times right Mm -hmm. so a belief is a thought you think a bunch that's it so if you can change the thoughts you're thinking on the regular you can change your beliefs but you can't change your belief by just like slapping an affirmation over it and being like I choose to believe I am awesome because your brain is just going to be like no, you suck. You know, it's not going to allow that. So you have to actually go back and be like, well, why do I think this about myself? And I'm going to choose to think something differently. And journaling is a really great tool to do that. So one thing that I have my clients do is I have them take themselves on a date. And I literally mean like, get out of the apartment or house or whatever. And take your journal, maybe you leave your phone and go to like a coffee shop or to a park um, or wherever and just like, you know, maybe get a cup of tea and just be completely present with it. Maybe you people watch, maybe you go on a walk, just really spending this time with yourself and then write in your journal about like the thoughts that came up and how you're feeling and validate your thoughts because a lot of times like I grew up where in this um you know with my amazing family but like we didn't really like sit around talking about our feelings it wasn't like therapy all the time you know like we talked about like what happened that day and what's happening to the people we mutually know and um you know what we want and what we don't want but we never really talked about how we're feeling and I'm a big feeler right like I'm emotional and I feel like I have like the emotions of like a teenage girl all the time even though I'm well into my 20s and I just want to talk about my feelings all the time and you know I don't necessarily have people that I can do that with all the time but I do have a journal or my computer or the note section in my iPhone and so that's where I can talk about my feelings and feel validated and feel heard um because I'm, you know, and I, and who knows who I'm writing to, right? It's maybe you're writing to your higher self. Maybe you're writing to, you know, God, Buddha, Elvis, whatever you want to call it, but a higher power, right? Something greater than you. That force that, you know, as Marianne Williamson says, can turn an acorn into an oak tree, can turn a embryo into a baby, right? Like that force, I can't explain how that happens. It just does somehow and it's freaking crazy, right? So like that force, if you can just surrender to that force, you know, call it whatever you want to call it. And that's kind of what I'm doing in my journal. It's almost like I'm praying-ish, you know? It's like I'm just letting it go and I'm able to see it and reinterpret it. And that taps into my creativity and helps me find worth and validation of those feelings outside of my body. And that's what I help my clients to do. Okay, awesome stuff. And so once in your in this process of of journaling and releasing all these thoughts, 
how do you how are you able to form new beliefs like can you kind of just like dig into that a little bit more about how you how you take that process and like transform it into like a new belief system for yourself Mm, yeah I mean I don't want to sugarcoat it like that takes time that really does take time and you almost have to hit a bottom with it right like you almost have to just be like I can't do this anymore like I can't think this way about myself anymore and when that happens you just have to surrender it and let it go and be like you know again to that higher power like please help me see this differently please reinterpret this I don't know how I'm going to get over this belief because it seems really super ingrained, but I would like to, please help me, right? And when you say that prayer to the universe, it really, it opens that door for guidance to come in, right? And that might come through, you know, validation through a book that you're reading or a friend telling you exactly what you need to hear or, you know, finding a um, you know, a sign like of seeing a feather or something like that, but you'll be like open to receiving this guidance. So just, you know, first of all, make that commitment of like, I'm willing to change this because being willing is the first step. And just simply having the willingness to change the belief is enough to change. Like just simply having the willingness is enough to change. And if you don't have the willingness you can't change. Like you, that's crucial and key. So you have to have the willingness first. That's number one. Um, awesome. Yeah, I think that that's so important. Is just you. You really do have to have to want that and to be able and to be and to say like, all right, I'm ready to abandon these old ways of thinking. Um, and I know that that's where a lot of women get stuck. Is that they're just not. They don't want that. You know. And I, and I understand that because the lure of the devil, you know, is pretty strong, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I think that through the process, you, you get pulled back, like, you know, frequently in the beginning and then less and less. So, so I think even if you are wavering on uh, readiness, it comes in time once you start practicing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then again, it takes time. Like just keep up with it, like change the thought to a new affirmation. And then every time that old pattern comes up in you where you're judging your body, where you're feeling bad about yourself, um, where you're wanting to restrict your food or you're comparing yourself to another one. That was a huge one for me. Another person, I mean, um, that's big. And when that happens, just notice it observe it. Don't judge it. Don't make yourself wrong for it. Just be like, oh, you did your old thing again. That's all right. Now I'm, now is a time to change it. Now is a time to resurrect the situation. Now is a time to shift. And then you can shift and, and choose a different thought. But don't beat yourself up for it because a lot of times we beat ourselves up for like thinking the wrong thing. And then we just spiral down this hole of like, I'm so bad. I'm so terrible. I'm just going to you know, go face first into the popcorn bag, or I'm going to like, you know, restrict my food again or whatever it is. And, um, you know, that's just a recipe for unhappiness. Yeah. I think when we're dealing with, you know, changing our thought patterns, it's really helpful to 
welcome whatever thoughts come to the surface instead of shaming ourselves for having them which happens a lot when you're telling yourself to shut up, you know, like, which is what a lot of, like, a lot of advice um, suggests is like, well, just tell, tell that, tell that voice to shut up. And it's like, well, no, that doesn't work, because then you're shaming yourself for having that voice. And really, what it is, is it's, it's about uncovering it and allowing it to speak and saying, like, all right, why are you showing up right now? So that you can get to the reasons of why that's happening in the first place. And that's why I totally agree that the journaling practice is so important, because without that, um, uh, you know, it you're unable to, like, really release those thoughts and be able to just kind of get them out of your head. I think I find that when you like see them on a page, it, uh, it becomes less inside your head and more about like the separate entity that's happening, then then you can manage and work with it. 1000%. I completely agree. And the other thing too, is I just, I'm so over making myself wrong for any choice that I make. Like I'm just over the shame and the guilt. It's unproductive and uncool. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it gets tricky, right? Like, as because when you're when you're very much against, um, you know, like our diet culture, you also have to be careful that you're not shaming people who are still buying into it, yeah. which is something that I admittedly really struggle with. Um, you know, like, I don't want to shame women's choices at all. But like, I, I certainly do struggle with that. And I'm sure I've put stuff out there that was shaming to those people. And that's like something that, uh, you know, I have to be more mindful of. It's like, how can I shift this in a way that just doesn't like shame people for doing it? (laughs) And, And that's hard. It's hard. Because the unfortunate thing is that like, in our lifetime, and this is so sad, we're going to live in a culture where the prominent way of thinking is different than the way that we think about diet and culture. And that's, that's hard because the majority of people are thinking another way. And I would like to switch all of their thinking. However, they're all on their own path. And it's very likely that there's a lot of women and people who will never know another way of, you know, a way of life of not counting calories, of not sitting on their hands, of not, you know, the diet binge cycle. Like they may never, because all that's being told to them all day long by advertisements saying, you know, eat less, eat a hundred calories, eat this, eat that, don't eat this. And then like food, food, food. And, but don't eat too much food and exercise more and all of it. Like they're getting that all day long. So, of course that that's going to be their predominant pattern. And it's hard when we know that there's a better way to live in a way. And that's not necessarily judgment, but that's just like a, there's a gentler way to live. Right. And it's just, we want everyone to have that. And of course it's hard to know that we can't just give it to them. They have to, like we said before, they have to have that willingness and we can never give anyone willingness. They have to come to that willingness themselves. Yeah. Because it's so, I mean, it's so scary, right? Like, especially when you're trapped in that, in that place of like, all right, I'm, I'm controlling food. I'm losing weight. I'm getting attention. Like it's, 
it, it, once you've kind of experienced that and like you nailed it when you said dopamine, cause that is actually what's happening is, mm-hmm. is, uh, you get hardwired to want it. And even though, you know, it it's doesn't a drug. work. Yeah, it really, it really is. And, um, it's really addicting <laughs> drug. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I also think that just a lot of people don't realize that there is another way. And that's why I like the work that you put out is so important because, um, you know, I'm sure and anytime anyone stumbles across like your blog or your podcast, they, they're like, oh my gosh, there's another way that I never even thought I could explore. I mean, I certainly didn't realize there was another alternative. I thought I had to just like eat more kelp, I always say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was going to solve my life's problems. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I, I want to know more about your story too, because it's, it's, it's crazy how we all get get sucked in and it's like it's the sexy thing right like it's really alluring and you know if it what if it were that easy like we would just do it but it's not that easy it's not that simple and it's a really you know food and eating is like a really personal complicated intense thing and it's not as simple it's just it's so not about the food like a lot of us get into this work through that window of you know the food and the body but like that's just not what it's all about. Life, mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so much more. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about spirituality because I don't think I've ever really, it hasn't really come up much on this podcast. And I know that for a lot of people, even including myself, it's like, it, it feels like a weird place. Like, it's just yeah. like spirituality. Like, ooh, what's that? Like, you know, it reminds me of like my mom dragging me to Sunday school when I was a kid. So, um, can you talk a little bit more about how you found spirituality or what it really means to you? Um, I'd love to know more. Yeah. I mean, I think that is also kind of my job and like one of my reasons to, to be here, um, doing this work is to make it cool and to make it trendy so it's not like you on your way to Sunday school because that was my gut reaction to it was like what is this like I don't you know and um luckily I had a mentor who is you know my my mentor now Gabrielle Bernstein who some of your um listeners might might be familiar with and I really found these concepts through her as the vehicle and she is like this amazing like you know trendy cool person out in the world doing this work and and you know when I first found her she was not really the Gabby Bernstein she is today where she's really everywhere she was um you know more niche back then but she was like way cool and so that was a really good first like introduction to all of this for me because I was able to see like oh that girl's like really cool and also into this stuff and I want that right so I was I was really open to it and I was also at this place where like like I said I had hit a bottom where like I needed some help I needed to see things a different way and actually one of the coaches when I was really you know at that bottom with my eating disorder um, you know, I was asking her questions like, you know, how many chia seeds should I eat? And, you know, that Ooh. sort of a thing. And um, that would be really hard to count. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. I know. 53. <laughs> yeah. Uh, point five. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh, craziness. But, but yeah, and she, she said to me, she was like, screw the chia seeds. Screw all of that. You should learn to meditate. And I was like, 
okay, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like I'm into yoga, whatever. I'll try meditation, whatever. And she's like, go to this girl's website, just check it out and just see what you think. I was like, okay. Cause I really loved my coach. Like she was way cool. So I was like, whatever, I'll try it. So I go to her website, I see Gabby Bernstein's stuff and I was like, oh, she's cool. But like, I'm really overwhelmed by this. There's just like so much here. I don't know what any of this means, but I really got into it. I started to listen to her lectures and I actually ended up connecting with her personally and just became hooked. I became hooked on sharing the message of positive thinking and positive psychology mixed with um, really creating a spiritual connection of your own understanding. And, you know, I think a lot of us have a lot of, that's why I don't even like to necessarily exclusively use the word God or the universe or higher power or anything. Like I really like people to come up with their own words for it because like I was saying earlier, like, and like you were saying, a lot of us, and I know I did, like I grew up going to a Catholic school and like I was really like had a lot of negative connotations to religion that it was like scary and I was bad and wrong and like hell, ah, you know, and just like bad stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I had this like weird connotation to it where I was really able to release myself from that and just be like, oh, there's truth actually to every religion and every spiritual practice. And I can, it's not all or nothing, right? I can take what I want and I can leave the rest. And I don't have to be really dogmatic about it. Same with diet. That's actually, it's my philosophy of diet where I think, you know, health is kind of the new religion in our society where people are attaching morality to how healthy you are, right? Again, in quotes. Um, and, you know, they're saying like, if you don't follow this diet perfectly, you are wrong, you are bad, right? Or this diet perfectly or whatever, whatever. And I actually believe that there's a lot of truth in the vegan diet. I actually believe that there's a lot of truth in the paleo diet. I actually believe there's a lot of truth in the macrobiotic. And I could go on and on and on. There is truth in every single one of those diets. Do I follow any of them perfectly? No, because what I do is I take what works for me from all of them and I craft the Katie diet, right? And that's intuitive eating for you. And so I do the same thing with religion, right? Like there's truth in Buddhism. There's truth in Catholicism. There's truth in every one of the world's religions. And I study all of them. I don't discriminate any of them. And I believe that we can take what we want and leave the rest and find a spiritual connection of our own understanding, which to me is journaling and Yes, I do do meditation, but I also am meditating all day long, right? I believe that anytime you're being fully present, you're meditating, right? I meditate when I'm walking. I meditate when I'm chopping vegetables and I'm only chopping vegetables, right? You know, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm listening to a podcast while I'm also sending an email and I'm doing like 10,000 things. Like that's just like living my life. But when I'm present, when I'm like fully in whatever I'm doing, that's a meditation, right? That's connecting with myself and my soul and my and my body, right? Like that's that that mind-body connection. So to me, what I help women and the girls that I work with and just people in general and, and what I share online is about, you know, taking what you want from the smorgasbord of life that we have and being inspired by lots of different things and finding what works for you and developing that connection to spirit, to God, to the universe, to whatever you want to call it. But that force that, you know, we've all had an experience with at some point in our life of those things that we just can't explain, right? That gut feeling you have, like connecting with your intuition. You can call it your higher self. You can call it God. You can call it your intuition. I don't 
give a shit what you call it, as long as you, like, develop a relationship with that. Because I think it's, like, it's like a friend, right? Like, if you have that friend that you only call when something goes really bad, they're going to show up then, but, like, no other time, right? Or if you have a friend that you call only when something's good to, like, brag about and say thank you to, like, they'll show up then, but no other time. But if you have this spiritual connection that you cultivate and you are present with every single day of your life um, in some way or another, whether it's, you know, maybe every time you get in the car, you're just like, please help me to drive safely, you know, or, you know, maybe you have a little post-it with a positive quote that you put on your mirror or your dashboard or just some sort of little reminder. Maybe you write down three things you're grateful for before you doze off to sleep at night just simply because it's better to go to sleep with the energy of like happiness and and joy and the good things from your day than the energy of those thoughts on repeat, right? Those thoughts on repeat of like, oh, that was so bad when I forgot to send that email today. I better do that tomorrow. And oh my God, those pants didn't fit. And oh my God, let me just pinch my stomach and like all of that chatter. Like, no, if you can just connect in a different way, that's a lot more of a better way to be. So in other words, it's really about asking for support from a, like, uh, an existential source or, you know, like a, yeah. a higher source um, and, uh, like, looking for where that shows up in your life and surrendering to it, like, surrendering to it and saying, like, that that ultimately, like, you don't have control of of you know, life. Is that sort of, does that kind of sum it up? Yeah. Like the reason that all of this exists is to that exact conundrum. Like we don't have control of our lives. We don't have control of our bodies. We don't have control of any of this. So like to help us cope with that reality, we have spirituality and we have friendship and we have inspiration to help us like feel better about the fact that like we're all going to die and we don't know what's going to happen. And our bodies are going to just do what they're going to do. And we can't control every single cell in our bodies. We can't control it. Even if we try to be that, like, you know, person who runs a billion miles a day and eats super perfectly or whatever, whatever, like, we can't control it. We can't control it. Like, we could, I could get cancer tomorrow. I could get run over by a, a, a elephant, you know? Like, well, probably not going to happen, but it could, you know? That, that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. just kidding. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. I, I was going to say something with a car, and then I was like, that's, like, kind of, like, I, I don't want to say that. That's, and then, that's like, too I close to a reality. Yeah, too, that's, why, that's why I'm with elephant. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, and I, again, this kind of speaks to that. I believe that, like, what we think and what we speak about we bring about, right? So our, like I said, our thoughts inform our emotions, which inform our reality, right? So if we're thinking these really positive thoughts all day, we'll start to feel better. And then when we feel better, we'll start to make better choices. And then we'll manifest more goodness in our lives. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. Like I kind of think that, you know, this surrendering and like you said, relying on a power greater than us, that is prayer. And again, people might have a weird connotation to the word. So it could be intention, whatever. And that's the time to ask. And then the time to receive and to listen is meditation. And again, maybe meditation is, you know, driving or listening to music, lying on your bed. Like I do these like little lie downs on my bed where I just like lie down and and listen to like a song or two. And I just let whatever feelings and thoughts or ideas come through and, and that's it. 
So, um, you know, finding loving practices that, that work for you. And that's the time to hear that higher power speak to you through your intuition. Mm-hmm. It might not be like an actual voice. It might be a gut feeling or, you know, someone calling you when you needed a friend or whatever, whatever, whatever. But ask and then see what you receive. Yeah, and I think when we're going through life, and and like you said, we have like 60,000 thoughts a day, it's really hard to slow that down. And so having those little practices and um yeah I mean I've never been good at meditation I'd love to say like oh I I meditate and I just I don't I just I can't I just can't get myself into it but there are certain uh ways that I do and for me it's um you know like when I'm walking my dog if I listen to music uh often if I'm just driving with music like that and another really big one for me is when I'm swimming I find like I go into like a crazy like meditative trance when I'm swimming yeah that's you meditate Um, all the time in summer (laughs) and like uh, in the shower you probably get really like I always get really good ideas in the shower yeah yeah Uh, it's amazing and it's it's only until I started to recognize that and 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 realize like no wait I am actually meditating in these instances it's just not a classic form of meditation where I'm sitting on a pillow with my thumbs touching my my fingers you know (laughs) so it's like we just can't make that another we have so many freaking ways we can judge ourselves so like let's not make spirituality and meditation another way to judge ourselves that's what I love about this like you know my best meditations like I said are lying down on my bed just like listening to a song you know or driving like you said like there is something, maybe it's the vibrations in the car, but like I get amazing ideas and I feel really connected when I'm on a long drive by myself listening to music. Me too. And I used to actually have to drive 90 minutes to get to my hairdresser. This is like going back to, (laughs) this is like, because I was crazy, crazy, like loyal to my hairdresser from when I was a child. I get it. (laughs) When you have blonde hair, it's like only certain people can get it like the right tone. Um, uh, and that would, that's like when I had like my best ideas, it was so funny. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, I just thought I'd throw that funny story in there. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. I actually just went on like a four hour road trip by myself this past weekend and yeah, it was very, very healing. <laughs> yeah. So as we start to wrap things up here, I know you have your book coming out in April. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that so that we know what to look forward to? Yeah, yeah. And we can talk more about that. Maybe I can come back and we can talk more about journaling exclusively. But yeah, my book is called um, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling. And it's super cool. Summer, you're going to love it. Like, I can't wait to send you a copy. It's 55 short journal exercises to help people through all sorts of different things. So there's a chapter on organization. There's a chapter on feeling and emotions. There's a chapter on, like, there's so many cool things, like, you know, routines and, like, all these different things. And they're really creative. Like, some are kind of like a scavenger hunt. Um, But they they help you to have get started with journaling. Because, like, I've been saying this whole podcast that, like, journaling was a great tool for me, and it is. But um, a lot of times, the and I found that the girls who were coming to me for help and motivation were like, oh, I just don't have anything to say. Like, I, I don't I don't know what my thoughts are. I don't have anything to say. This is the answer to that question and a lot of others. And I've, like, um, guinea-pigged a lot of these tools on – I don't know if I can, like, use that as a verb, but I've, like, tried these out on a lot of my clients. And 
they're amazing and they're so cool. And yeah, there's tools for everything from like decluttering to relationships to um, healing your body and your mind. There's, of course, body image stuff because that's my story. There's um, a bit on my story in the first part of the book and then it's all super interactive and fun. So I'm so excited about it. April 5th of 2016, you can get the book. You'll probably be able to pre-order it, but I don't know exactly when that will begin, but I'm so excited. Yeah, that's awesome. So good. And so the last question that I like to ask all my guests is, what is the most fearless thing that you have done? Oh, that's such a good question. Let me think about it for a moment. Um, You know, I think the most fearless thing I've done, I've kind of already spoken about, but I have to mention it because, yeah, I'm kind of doing it right now. And that is learning to be okay with myself as I am. And that's a process. I don't think it's something that happens overnight. I don't think it's something that I've done completely, but it's something I'm doing on the regular. And the it's fearless because it would be so easy for me to restrict my food. It would be so easy for me to go back to my old ways. Like I said, I'm very disciplined in that and I could do that. But instead, I'm choosing a different way. I'm choosing to embrace my natural body as it is meant to be and have the same level of confidence there as I would have in a in a different type of body shape that might fit more with the standard of beauty that's in vogue right now. But I'm choosing to to go against that and I'm choosing to be myself. And that is so fearless to me because that's a really scary thing. And like we've been saying, it's just so much easier with the amount of messages from the media and the diet and the fitness industry to go the opposite way and just conform. And I'm not doing that. And I'm not doing that in my life and and in my work. And um, that I'm being just really real about that in my work. And and that's that's pretty fearless, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Awesome. So where can people find more of you? Um, thewellnesswonderland.com. Um, and pretty soon that's going to be changing to katydalebot.com. But thewellnesswonderland.com is where I am today. And that will um, reroute you. But um, as far as the best place to find me, um, listen to my podcast. If you're into podcasts, it's called The Wellness Wonderland Radio or just, you know, iTunes, my name. And I have a lot of like cool guests. We got to get summer on the show, you know, so it'll, it'll be really fun. And then I'm just at Katie Dalebout, my name on Instagram. I really enjoy that platform as well as Snapchat. I also really enjoy, um, you know, Twitter, all of that, you know, I'm, I'm at Katie Dalebout and then on Facebook, I'm actually the wellness wonderland. Um, so yeah, come hang out with me. If you if you sign up for my um, email list, you get that thing I was chatting with you guys about at the beginning of the call. The you know I like to use same in my Oprah voice like Katie's favorite things, <laughs> and um, it's this like really cool curation of all my favorite you know podcasts, books, lectures, YouTube videos, foods, everything you could ever think of. It's like all my favorites, and it's like really fun. So you should sign up just to check that out. Right on. And of course, your book will be coming out in April, oh, yeah. which is super exciting as well. Yeah, April 5th. Yeah, it seems so far. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for all of your wisdom and insights today. It was awesome chatting with you. 
Summer, thank you. You're so cool. And I hope to, you know, get to know you more and all of your listeners. And I'm really grateful that you had me here. And this was so much fun. I love doing this. Yes, it was awesome. Rock on. If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes to leave me a review. It will take two seconds and I would be super grateful. Click on reviews and ratings and then click to rate. Easy peasy. You can do it on your phone right now, just while you're driving even. Just kidding. And don't forget to head to summerinnit.com or thebodyimagecoach.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rocking your bod plus the 10 day body confidence makeover plus your exclusive invite to my free online community all for free, 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 free. Cool. All right. Until next time, rock on. (laughs) 